Now, praise the Lord, this is Brother Julius Adeo. We are going through the book of Acts of the Apostles. We are now in chapter 8. In chapter 7, we saw the sermon that uh, Stephen delivered through, by the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost delivered through Stephen when he was uh, arrested, brought before the council. And he gave them a lesson of history of the, of, of the, of the Jews from, the, from Abraham all the time till they crucified the Messiah. And then he called the Holy Ghost called them stiff-necked people. They always resist the Holy Ghost. And then they stoned Stephen to, to death. And when he was dying, he said, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And the Lord commanded us to always pray for those who are persecutors and give us the grace by the Holy Ghost we have to do that. If you are persecutors and you have the Holy Ghost in you, the Holy Ghost will take over your emotions, willingly leaning there in their life and they're praying for the people that are persecutors. It's what God commanded. Now, chapter 8 is where we are going right now. Chapter 8, from verse 1. And Saul, this is Apostle Paul, who became, who was formerly called Saul of Tarsus. Saul was consented unto his death, that is the death of Stephen. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. They, 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 didn't, pass, they didn't attack the 12 apostles, but all the other disciples have been arrested, attacked by these hooligans that was led, led by Saul of Tarsus. And devout men, verse 2, carried Stephen to his burial. The devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation of him. I mean, after he was killed, some of the people that were devout said, well, they, this shouldn't be happening. I mean, they cried and mourned for him. But the people that killed him, well, they, they call him remorb. Almost like when something happened in the land and some, some, some mob action, they get this man, he starts turning and beating him up, and, and then the mob disappeared. Then the rest of the crowd that didn't agree with the mob because of mob. That's really what happened. That is, look like the, it's not like the old Jerusalem were against this man, but it's a mob action because of uh, raging emotion, make them to just stone him. And then after the, that is done, the people said that some devout men carried, carried him and lamented over him. But you see, this mob after didn't end there. Some this, this gang leader started saying, we need to really be persecuting these people. Something like it's from a gang. We need to really persecute all these And they started persecuting all these Christians. And then those who didn't want to be persecuted began to run and ran away. Verse 3, as for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house, and holy men and women committed them to prison. Which means, of course, this means the, the rulers agree with him. Whereas they got what, what, how do you get the prison? They the prison. The, the prison of the, the temple have a prison because they have their own law, not the prison of the Roman Empire. Committed them to the prison. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Verse 5. So that was the persecution that started at, 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 the, at, the, at the persecution of at, at, uh, at the death of Stephen. So even the seven disciples that were that were appointed Stephen, be one of them, everybody scattered. 
Philip was one of those seven disciples that were serving table. So he ran away also, but he went to a place. They went, not just running away to not talk. They were, wherever they went, they were speaking, preaching to them about Jesus. That was the commandment. Jesus Christ start from Jerusalem, then to Samaria, and to all over the world, preach the gospel. They looked like before this persecution occurred, they were kind of setting up a church in Jerusalem where they are comfortable, and they are all just sitting from house to house, breaking bread and so on. But God didn't say they should stay in Jerusalem. We wanted to be scattered, so perhaps the Lord permitted that persecution to occur by the death of Stephen. That make them all scatter. Everybody scatter and run away from Jerusalem because they don't want to be arrested by Saul of Tarsus. So wherever they went, they kept telling about this thing that, is, that Jesus Christ had done for us. So Philip was one of the people that ran. Verse 5 says, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. So you see, wherever they went, they didn't just keep quiet and say, I'm hiding here, no more should know who I am. No, they were preaching Christ wherever they go. Keep on preaching. Jesus Christ actually gave a, 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 a message to, in the gospel. He said, when they shall persecute you in one city, what did the Lord say? He said, flee to another city. He doesn't say flee at night. No, flee and keep preaching. They persecute you in that city also, flee to the next city and keep preaching. Keep preaching. He said, you will not have reached all the cities before the end of the world come. That's all he said. He said, before you reach all the cities, if you run from this city to that city, from that city to that city, and they are persecuted, keep running to another city. Those, he didn't say to fight them back and beat them up and, and kill them. No. Like they were doing in the, the Islamic religion, the, the, the uh, subdue people by force and make them to turn to their religion. No, that's not what Christ said. That's not the religion of Christ. Christ said, when they persecute you in one city, because you are preaching to them, flee to another city, but keep on preaching. If they persecute in that city, flee to another city, keep on preaching. Say so you won't have covered even with all the cities that in that is in Israel before the end of the world comes. That's what it means. I mean, you get to a city, you'll be there for a longer time. Not just a first week, you know, because people will accept it. Not that they will have a place you don't accept. But when they persecute you, say flee to another city. Say so you won't have covered all the cities of Israel before the Lord Jesus has come. That's what it means in that particular passage. And that was what was going on here. They, everybody scattered and started preaching. And Philip got to Samaria and preached Christ unto them. Verse 6 And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them. And many taken with pulses and that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. See, that was what healing would do. When people were delivered from sickness and diseases, they were excited. And these people say, Philip was praying and preaching, to, preaching and praying for them. And people were being healed, and the whole place was full of excitement and joy. If they see somebody that had been sick for, for months and suddenly healed and become part of the society, they will be with the family members will be excited and they won't follow this, this, uh, this religion. And that's also occurring in our generation. Many people were giving testimonies how they were, well, they were Buddhists and Buddha couldn't help them. Until somebody say, this church goers, these people that are Christians can pray for you, and the Christians pray for that woman. I read some of those in the book of the Masters, or the voice of the Masters. And they believe and say, pray for me. And then people they are prayed for through the name of Jesus Christ, and their diseases disappear, which their Buddhism could have done for, for years. They have been suffering. And then they give their life to Jesus Christ. Then the, the villagers that were Buddhists think, uh, well, they still want to persecute them. But this woman that was healed, know that, yeah, Buddha couldn't do anything for me. Only Jesus did. <laughs> Amen. 
And that is exactly why the logical say the signs will follow. To show that it is God that is sending these people on earth. Verse 9 of Acts of Apostles chapter 8. But there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one. Then this one, this is the story where they mentioned the story of Simon the sorcerer was mentioned. He was formerly, he was just a, a, a somebody in a, that was trained some magic, magic sorcery is like magic, and making himself to be a great person in that city, Samaria, which people always respect him because he's trained all these signs, um, the magical signs. But when Philip came and preached Jesus, and did people believe, and he was casting devils out and healing the sick, and people were being excited about Philip and his, his teaching. Then Simon was impressed that, wow, this is power that he would like to have to also. Because all those people that are sorcerers, they are looking for supernatural power. Whatever way they have been doing it before, with some magic, some calling some demons, names, demonic names, or something like that. But now they saw a greater power. So he, this, this Simon, the sorcerer, was excited and wanted this power too. He said, this man called Simon the sorcerer, they have given it to him before, before Philip came. That he was a great power of God. Why? Because he was showing some signs and magical signs that they thought it was God that was doing it through this man. And to him they had regard because that of long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. So he had been in that city for a long time before Philip came. But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Then Simon himself believed also. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. So you see, many of those people that their trade is in supernatural, before they hear the gospel, they are just looking for supernatural power. Now they saw the signs and wonders, why they were both known and wondered too. But you see, they are not really converted to understand the gospel. That's why this man, he was not understanding because we just want supernatural power. Wherever I could get it. And this man came with supernatural power. God is still very soon. So he said, I believe too. Because now you see what we happen later, and you want to buy that supernatural power. Not really understanding what the gospel is all about. So this Simon himself believed verse 13. And he started following Philip around to see, wow, how did he get this thing done? He said, I'm marveling about all these signs and wonders. Verse 40 says, Now, when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John. So, when the news came to the apostles in Jerusalem that Samaria, which is not too far away, they have believed Philip and they have believed the gospel that the Spirit preached to them, they came to baptize them with the Holy Spirit. Verse 15, they sent Peter and John to come and back, to come and lay down upon them. Who, when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. So the, the promise of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, is that every believer should be filled with the Holy Spirit. So when they heard that the people in Samaria has already believed the gospel, they sent Peter and John to lay hands upon them so they also can receive the Holy Ghost. Why didn't Philip do that? Because Philip was not commissioned to do that. The apostles believed that they have to go there and lay their hands upon them. The Lord can fill anybody with the Holy Ghost. Anytime he likes to, and anytime he can use any of the believers, the disciples, to lay hands upon people, not the apostles alone. But when they started, they, Philip didn't lay hands upon them because perhaps they have not taught one another that 
you also can lay out for them. Maybe the Holy Ghost or uh, Holy Ghost should be to fill them. But the apostles went there to lay hands upon them. Later, Apostle Paul went and lay hands upon other people. Somebody lay hands upon Apostle Paul that was not even an apostle in Damascus. But God told that man to go and lay hands upon Apostle Paul. See? When God sent you, then you are an apostle. I mean, apostle means sent person, sent out person. There was a, I was in America now. I'm in America now. When I was to visit Nigeria many years ago, I think 1992 was the last time I was there. My ministry, I've been, I've been sending literatures to some believers, some brethren that we fellowship together in Nigeria, in my hometown. So I was always sending them magazines from my ministry, and they have been sending me letters, asking questions, and reporting some of the things that's going on in the armies. And when I was reading their letters, they used to know to me that well, these people needed the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I said, when I go to Nigeria, I should visit them and lay my hand upon them so that they can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now God sent me to go lay hand over them. So when I visited Nigeria in 1992, I purposely went to the midst of these young people. They are young people. They are, they are like high school kids. Some of them are high school, some are workers. But the man that was leading them, the young man that was leading them, was just a worker, a college graduate, in the bank. So I went and visited them and preached to them about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And started laying my hand on every one of them. And some of them started speaking in tongues right before our eyes. So it was the Lord that was baptizing people, not me, not the apostles, but the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why he took it out of the hand of Peter. In the next picture, you see when Peter went to the house of Cornelius, a centurion. While Peter was still teaching, the Holy Ghost came down upon Cornelius and his family and he all out. So they said, wow, they knew that it was the Lord that not waiting for Peter to decide. No, Peter does not decide. It is the Lord that is baptizing people with the Holy Spirit. And the evidence is speaking in tongues. That's how we know that where you have something because something makes you start speaking in a language that you don't know. That is the baptism of the Holy Spirit that Apostle John and Peter came to lay hands upon these Samaritans and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Verse 15 is what we are reading of Acts of the Apostles chapter 8. So for as yet it was falling upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 17 said, Then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. Well, how did they know that they received the Holy Ghost? Because they didn't say there was wind or fire. But they will know because the Holy Ghost speaking to them. When they are filled, they will begin to speak in tongues and prophesy. That's how we know that they have received the Holy Ghost. And that's how Simon, the sorcerer, also we know that some, this Holy Ghost is coming when the apostles lay out upon them. Because you see what Simon, Simon the sorcerer did next, trying to get this same power from Peter. I say, how will you know that uh, you can, if this thing is real unless you saw these people's prophesying also? Verse 18. And when Simon saw that through laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money. About who? Peter and John. He offered them money, saying, Give me also this power, that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. So he wanted, like I said, he was, he was just a trader in business, supernatural power. But I'm not sure whether he has something understood the gospel. Because people sometimes they just hear what they want to hear. All he wanted is how he got, how Philip got his power. Now he saw Peter and John came, they come with some greater power. Holy Ghost is coming upon people, and these people are prophesying people. So he said, Well, I can I can really use that if I have that power and sell it. You want Holy Ghost? One thousand dollars. 
that was what he, he was a business, a, a, a evil business person. That was part of what he was thinking. That's why he was offering them money. He said, give me this power that whomsoever I lay hands on, he may receive the Holy Ghost. I mean, he was offering money. But Peter was offended. But, verse 20 said, but Peter said unto him, thy money perish with thee. Because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Thou hast neither part nor loss in this matter. But thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Now let's think about this. Let's talk about it. Because you wonder whether they said, they said, they, they said uh, this Simon the sorcerer was baptized in water by Philip and he believed. So when, John, when Peter and John came and started laying up hands upon this people to receive the Holy Ghost, was he also filled with the Holy Spirit before he offered this money? Because he was offering the money to get the power to be able to give the Holy Spirit to other people. But we wonder, did he actually got the Holy Spirit himself? Because apostles already lay hands upon people and they are risen. Maybe he was just standing back as, as, a, as if I am, I am part of Philip. Because he didn't see Philip kneel down and they are laying up on Philip. So he was kind of, as, as some people do, they they see a minister come and he's going to minister to these people. They feel, I already got what I think I am. I think I got everything. And they just stand back as if they are bigger than this. They are bigger than many of them to be prayed for by these new people. And many times it is that pride that will not make you get what you are, what these people get. Because if the apostles begin to lay out upon these people that wanted to be received, and he is just standing back with Philip as if, oh, I, I already got, I am bigger than this. And then he saw that, then he started thinking, well, these people have the power that they are giving the Holy Ghost out. So now he wanted that power. Not he wanted the Holy Ghost, he wanted the power to give the Holy Ghost. So that's why after Peter and John went aside, he went and offered them money. But I wonder, did he actually get the Holy Ghost? Suppose he himself has been laid hand upon, did he receive the Holy Ghost? Because it's the Lord Jesus Christ that gives the Holy Ghost, but the Lord looks at your heart. God searches the heart. So God has, even if they have laid hand upon Simon the sorcerer, because he was already one of them that had been baptized in water also. And he was following Philip around. Even if he was in the crowd when they are laying hands upon everybody, and they have laid hands upon him also, did the Lord Jesus Christ fill him with the Holy Spirit? Because if the Holy Ghost has come upon him, he shouldn't be thinking like this also. He shouldn't be thinking like this, that he wanted the power to, to, be, to be bought. But you see, more or less he didn't get anything. The Holy Ghost didn't come upon him. But he saw that the apostles have the power to, to do it. That's why he was asking them to give him the power so that he can be giving the Holy Ghost to people. And Peter said, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. So thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, that in this matter of giving the Holy Ghost to people. For thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent therefore of this thy wickedness, and pray God, if perhaps the thought of thy heart may be forgiven thee. For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. So Apostle Paul will say, Apostle Peter will say, I perceive that you, you are in serious uh, spiritual, spiritual, uh, mighty clay, right? There because of how, he was, how the man was thinking. But you see, Simon didn't get it. So then Simon said, Pray ye to the Lord for me that none of these things which he has spoken come upon me. I was thinking, <gasps> God of bitterness? <gasps> Bond of iniquity? He thought that was like, a, like a, some, 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 some evil things that will come upon you. He said, I pray that that doesn't come upon me, please. But Apostle Paul was, Apostle Peter was actually saying, I perceive you are already in this. 
You say, no. Maybe that this thing doesn't come up for me. Now, that was Simon the Sorcerer. Many stories later said he didn't, he became something worse. According to some other apocryphal books that they said, the book of Peter. I was I have a book uh, that was said to be apostolic fathers, where they said there's an epistle of Peter. And he said, this man Simon the Sorcerer also kept following and kept doing his surgery. Whether that was so, they say he, also, he still came into Rome and started doing his surgery again. And those were all things that were not compiled here, but it was reported as an epistle of Peter, which we don't have compiled here. So we know that that Simon the Sorcerer didn't get any Holy Ghost on this day. Verse 25. And they, that's Apostle John and Peter, when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, returned to Jerusalem and preached the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. And the angel of the Lord, now that's the end of the ministration of Peter and John to the Samaritans. Now from verse 26, we're going to see how the Lord move uh, Philip the evangelist, we call him evangelist because that was what evangelists do, they go from town to town, from city to city. And the Lord moved Philip to go to another place and minister to the eunuch of Ethiopia from verse 26. The Bible said the angel of the Lord. So the Lord is walking with us. The Bible said he's following with signs. The Lord is following the believers. Everyone that followed that, he said, go into all the world. He said, he followed them with signs. These signs shall follow them that believe. So Philip was just going, and the Lord was following him with signs. So if uh, another person was going over there, the Lord would follow him also with signs. So Philip has come to Samaria, and the, he has started a church there. And then the angel of the Lord told him to move to another place. Verse 26. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, and Enoch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning. And sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Now, let's talk a little bit about the leading of the Lord. The Bible says here in verse 26 that the angel of the Lord told Philip to arise. So that would be a vision in the night when he was sleeping. That's what I believe, a vision in the night while he was sleeping. But the angel told him that arise and go toward the south. Now, when the Lord tells you to go somewhere, when should you go? You just look at your schedule and say, where is he? I'll be able to go tomorrow or something. No, the Lord already knows your schedule. So when he tells you, that's when he wants you to go. So we all have to remember that God already knows your schedule. God will not be telling a woman that she's expected to cook for her husband and her children and say, go and go to so-and-so and go and be preaching. And the husband have not been be taken care of and the children have not taken care of. No, God does not do things like that to be confusion. God knows your schedule. So that's why if you are not available, he won't send you. Those who make themselves available, those are the ones God use. What do you mean by available? Well, are you available if you have to go to work 8 to 5? You see, the Holy Ghost will tell you at 10 o'clock and say, go to 30 miles away and go and talk to somebody that is going on this way. When you are going to miss your job and they can fire you because you are missing for two, three hours for the last three hours, they have been trying to get you to do something in your place of work. So God knows those who are available. That's why he said, as you go, the signs follow. If you are not going anywhere, there will be no signs following. When I was in Nigeria and I was say I, was, I have a jeep and I was preaching about, I purposely made myself available from after work. 
I purposely bought a Jeep for that. And the Lord was the one that put it in my house, of course. And I bought that Jeep for that purpose that after work, we close work at 5 p.m., 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. And the minute I close work, I don't go to eat dinner. I come and eat dinner, I just drove from place of work to the next village. How far could I drive before it's too dark? Because I don't have any, any light to, to keep them like a, a crusade night. No, it's uh, from 5 p.m. till it's dark. I'll be in that village preaching. And people will gather around my Jeep, listening. Maybe it may be a village, maybe about 20 people. But I minister to them, give them tracts, and pray for each one of them. And then by the time I'm done, it's almost 8 p.m., 7 p.m., 8 p.m., it's dark. So thank you, they all walked when I drove my car back to my village, to my place. So I was doing that, that me, I made myself happy. So if the Lord needed to use me for any other thing, he knew that after 5 p.m. He can use me and say, go to this village over there. See? That was how people make themselves available. So the angel of the Lord calling Philip there, he has already made himself available. He went to Samaria. That was not where he lived. That was not his house. He was not doing a job over there. He was from, according to the story, he was from Caesarea. But they were all living in Jerusalem. And when they all scattered and fled, the first place he went was Samaria. After he had been there for days and ministering and people have been uh, edified and revived and church started, the Holy Ghost can say, well, go to another place here. So that is what we are saying that if you make yourself available, the Lord will use you. If you are not available, God is not going to force you to go and do something that will make, them, make the people fire you or your, your family is uh, angry at you because you have not made their dinner and so on and so forth. Or the man that has not come back from work, his wife is having dinner on the table and the man has been gone for two hours and the man, woman will be angry also. The same thing, God will want people to make themselves available. If you make yourself available, God knows your schedule and then God will be able to use you in that schedule that you have available. But if you are not making yourself available, then the Lord will use the next person. So that is not what we see in this story. That's why I just more some paraphrases that how the how is it that when the angel told Philip, how will you be able to corner this man that was going on his way from Jerusalem to Gaza in a chariot? And you are going to go meet that chariot and intercept a chariot. So the, all, the Almighty God I already know your schedule. He knew how long it would take you to, to walk from that city to that road where he said you go and meet, go and dash out. And knew how long it's going to take that. Uh, God knows everything. You know how long it's going to take that Enoch of Ethiopia chariot to go from Jerusalem to cross, to get to the point where you're going to meet him. So God already said, go. When he said go, you better start going. And then you meet the man. Otherwise, if you think, well, I can't go now, I'll go tomorrow. Then you are not going to meet that chariot. So then God needed somebody else also. So that's what I'm trying to say. When the angel told Philip that, Arise and go toward the south, unto the way that went down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is the angel already know, or the Lord already know, that if he start going now, he will be at that road, and the shadows will pass by, and he will be able to instruct him to do something. Verse 27, And he arose and went. And then behold, a man of Ethiopia. So this man is going to Ethiopia. That's many miles across another country. And an Enoch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all our treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning. And sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. So this man was a rich kind of coming. He was, he was one that like a, keeping charge of Ethiopian uh, queen's uh, affairs. And he always come there and worship maybe once a year, maybe during the festival, one particular feast. feast. And he was going back now, he has chariots, so there are some people that are driving the chariots. 
driver, as a driver, and the driver is driving the donkey or the horse. I think most of the time they are using donkey in those days. Horses will be faster, but donkeys perhaps will be slow. So they were, the driver was, was in front, uh, making the donkeys go, and they are pulling this chariot. And this man was like a rich man, like, almost like a king, sitting in the chariot, and he was reading the books. Reading the books. And when they read the books in the days, we can see, see them on television. When the Jews read their books, they are always reading it out, almost like reciting it. So that when you see this story, you see that, uh, you know, uh, Philip that was able to come by could hear him what he was saying, what he was reading. See, that was because they always recited it out. I remember when I was still an you know, unbeliever, and they would say, oh, everybody, unbeliever in the other religion, everybody is reciting these things out loud. So that is what this man also doing, and they are reciting it out loud. So he was reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. Verse 29. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. See what I'm saying? The Lord was leading Philip to go and join that chariot. So by the time he, by the time he got to that road, he was walking on his foot also. And this chariot was just passing by. And the Lord said, Go join that chariot. So he has to, and the chariot is running slowly, and he is walking, so he has to run to meet the chariot also. Even if they are coming his way, or they are just passed his way, or they, somehow, even if they have passed where it was, the intersection where he met the road, it's very easy for the Lord to make the chariot stop, either because the donkey needed some, more, some water, or the man that was the driver needed some to stew. God can make that man just feel like I need to stew, sir, and he stopped the chariot and went to the, to the bush and was pulling. While the chariot was there, when Philip arrived, I said, that chariot is about 50 feet away, go join yourself to it. <gasps> And before they started moving again, he ran to meet them. That's really what we believe was happening. So whatever way, it's not that the chariot was running and he was running after the chariot. It could not be that way. Maybe they already started moving and they ran after the chariot so they could catch up with the chariot. Or they just stopped, not knowing that uh, somehow God is sending somebody on the errand to come and meet the chariot. But maybe the driver went to the brush, the bush to, to stew or to pee because you can't be riding for hours without peeing. So it's possible that that is why they stopped and were refreshing themselves when Philip get to that intersection. And but he got there and said, go near and join thyself to this chariot. So God said, just join yourself to the chariot. So he ran there and then saw that when he's going to ask for a relief, no? Right. Can you give me a ride? I don't know where you're going, but give me a ride. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understand that what thou readest? So himself was just challenging the man that I can hear you reading the Bible, Isaiah, the book of Isaiah. And the man can look through the window and say, Oh, that's a Jew. Do you understand what you are reading? But 31, I said, Oh, how can I accept some man who shall guide me? So he decided, Philip, where are you going? Come on over, come over, I'll give you a ride. And the man, just being himself in the chariot, he said, well, Come and sit down with me, I'll give me a ride, I'll give you a ride. The place of the scripture says, and the, and the disciple Philip that he will come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this. You can see that man, an older, old man. Of course, for him, to, for him to be in charge of the queen's affairs, must be in his 50s or something, or 60s, who knows. And then, being a very, and then he called Philip, a young man, to come and sit down with him. Sit down and listen. So he was reading this story about the 
Isaiah chapter 53. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life was taken, is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered, Philip and said, I pray thee of, of whom speaketh the prophet this? Of himself or of another man? I mean, he, he seemed to be talking about somebody here. Also. But who is he talking about? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And he's talking about the Messiah. And the Messiah is Jesus that I'm preaching. And he's come. And this is exactly what happened to him. And he started telling him about Jesus. And you can remember, it's possible that the Enoch of Ethiopia, maybe he comes once in a year. Okay. Let's assume he comes once in a year. But maybe the feast he came, maybe he was, the Messiah didn't come down that feast of Jerusalem, but he could have heard and he said, there's another rabbi who is doing such a wonder. Really? Okay, but he has no time to investigate that he went back to Ethiopia. Maybe another year he came back. Another, so that's just another rabbi. There are so many rabbis in the land. But it's another rabbi is doing such a wonder. He may have heard about the story. They didn't know much about it. And then this time, the rabbi is come and gone. And these people are now preaching about. So this time he was reading, and this man come and said, Well, woman, he's talking about I said, I'm talking about it. Say, well, it was this same Jesus of Nazareth that this happened to him, and he came, and this is what happened, and he's come, gone back to heaven. In our generation, we read about Elijah the prophet, a shadow took him up. Wow. In our generation, this rabbi went up to heaven. Yeah. Well, he, and he has sent us to be doing this. And this is what's happening right now. Say, uh, anybody that has common sense, say, I would like to be part of this. No, sir. If you really love God, you really want to, I would like to be part of this. That's why anyone that loves God and wants to be humble, we say, I would like to be part of this. So you can see that, you know, say, I want to be baptized too. So I would like to be part of this. Anyone that sees these things, and these things happen in the olden days, and they thought this is what? These are angels. No, it's not an angel. It's a, Elijah was a man like us. And he was able to move closer to God. And we want to move closer to God. How did he get it? Well, in our generation, another one is happening. This is how it's happening. This is the Messiah sending a power upon all the people that we believe. Well, I would like to be part of this. That is exactly what the Philip, uh, this Enoch uh, you know, said. I want to be baptized too. After he heard that, this thing, and as they went on their way, they came onto a certain water. And the Enoch said, See, here is water. What does hinder me to be baptized? He wants to be part of this. That's why I'm telling you guys that are listening, if you are listening to this, this teaching and you are of another religion, you better repent. Jesus is the only way. He is baptizing people with the Holy Spirit. And you will also be filled with the Holy Spirit if you believe Jesus is the Lord. That he died and rose again and is the Lord of heaven and earth and is coming back. If you believe it, ask to be baptized in water and he will fill you with the Holy Spirit also. And in fact, he said, if you will confess that Jesus is Lord, and believe in you that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Let me read that to you in Romans chapter, chapter 10. This is what you must do. Verse chapter 10, verse 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, say, Jesus is Lord, I believe he's Lord. And believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, so thou shalt be saved. So you have to believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, that he rose again from the dead like we are preaching, that you will be saved. That is, he will give you this new birth. This Holy Spirit. So you say it after me and say, Lord Jesus Christ, I believe you rose from the dead. I accept you as Lord and Savior and that you are the Lord of heaven and earth. Come into my heart now, Jesus. 
Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I accept you as my Lord. I will go and be baptized in water. From now on, I belong to you. If you confess that and you believe in your heart that he is Lord of your life and you accept him as your Lord and you ask him to, and you believe he rose from the dead. Since you have saved your mother, I believe he rose from the dead and he's coming back again. Then ask him to come into your heart and he will give it to you, the Holy Spirit. And then you also will be born again. And that is what the preaching was all about. Philip just told the man, and said, I want to be baptized too. And he was baptized. Let's continue in verse 37 of Acts of the Apostles chapter 8. After the man said, what does it mean to be baptized? Philip said, if thou believest with all thy heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And that was all that matters. Do you believe he is the Son of God? But as God manifested in the human form. Let me tell you a testimony. I was in, in my, I was still a college student then, preaching about, and I came home and I met a, an, a magistrate from another town who was friends of my father, my daddy in, in Nigeria then. And they were, they were entertaining themselves when I came in. And I tried to make sure that they hear the gospel, that new vision, hear the gospel. So I started turning, turning to the gospel instead of just greeting them. And I told them about Jesus Christ. The man first said, he is Muslim. And he said, God has no son. God has no son. That was his uh, opposition. And I said, Jesus Christ is not your son. He is God manifested in the flesh. You know what this magistrate, a magistrate is some, one of those educated people, elderly people, older than my daddy. But he was elderly and educated, and he was a magistrate, me educated in the law, this law of, the, of Nigeria. He said, I believe that. He told me, he told me, he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is God manifested. He said, when he was born, there was light appeared. Only God can do that. This was a magistrate that was in occultic. But he said, he didn't, he said, no, God has no son. But when I said, God is, Jesus Christ is not your son, it's God manifested. He said, I believe that. He told me, he told me, I believe that. It's only God that can come alive like that into the world and the, there was light. That was the man himself. He said, when I now pray for the man, he said, what? I want to be baptized by you. That was the man's testimony. He wanted to be baptized. When they knew that God is alive, God is sending these people out, they want to be baptized. That was what happened here also. They say, you know, I wanted to be baptized by Philip. I, said, I, I want to be part of this. He said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That from what he has heard from Philip, he believes that Jesus Christ is God manifested in the flesh, like I told him that. He's not just Son of God as if God has a wife and he has a baby. No. He said, Yeah, I believe that, that it's God that manifested in the flesh when the light appeared when he was born. That was that testimony of that uh, magistrate from Jebu the Undadi. But that is, and he commanded, the eunuch of Ethiopia commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch. And he baptized him. Now, listen to that. They went down into the water. Because I remember talking to some of my friends where they are church. They don't, they don't do baptism by immersion. They just wash the head. And I said, no, the baptism is by immersion. Like John the Baptist was doing, he immersed them inside the water and like he buried with him by baptism. That's why you are under the water temporarily. It's like you are buried under water and then you come out to signify that you are now raised a new person. Not just wash your head with the water. In fact, in the Catholic church where I was Catholic before, in high school days, they just pour a little water cup on my, on the forehead and then they use that to clean it up so it doesn't run on my foot. That was not baptism, but that was what their priests did. But that was not the baptism that was 
reported. When I started baptizing people, I take them to the water, the river, and do it the way it was reported. They went down. This is where I pointed out because when I was telling one of my 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 family members that were Catholic after I became a believer, I told point this one out to them. I said, look. How do you know they are not? Uh, how do you know they, they buried them in water? I said, here's an example. Philip went down into the water. He didn't just take a cup of water and wash his head off. No, they went down into the water, both Philip and the Enoch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, that showed that they actually went to a river and then they come out of the river. So that is immersion in the water. And then it came out. That was what baptism is all about. If you are not baptized like that, you need to be re-baptized. Not just somebody pour water upon your head and say you are baptized. You have to be buried and all that. Right now we use swimming pool. Because anything that is below water ground level, and that water is the, the only thing that is, you can bury yourself inside it that is below ground level. That says you are buried with baptism under water. That was what John the Baptist was doing. And that was what Jesus Christ he was baptized. And that was what they were doing from that time forward. Not just washing uh, the head with a cup of water. Now, verse 39 of Acts of the Apostles, chapter 8. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord cut away Philip, that the Enoch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. What an experience. The Enoch will be telling the story when he gets back to Ethiopia. That, well, I experienced something today. Telling the queen and all the people, they will say, oh, Gee, I wish I was there. This man just disappeared. This man, after he baptized me in water, he just disappeared. What? An angel? No, he's, he's, a, he's a man. He's a God is doing say, great, wonderful things. God is making signs and, that's signs and wonders also. We know he was not an angel, a spiritual angel. We are angels, mean we are servants of God. That's what angels mean. It's not a spiritual angel. He was just a man, but the Holy Ghost took him away, suddenly disappeared, appeared in another place. That we caught uh, the attention of the eunuch of Ethiopia and he rejoiced in that way. I will tell, tell everybody in Ethiopia what he has experienced that not just the baptizing water, you somebody baptizing water, you come back and tell, uh, they tell something that's happened, this is the story and so on. But this, is, uh, this experience of this man disappearing is it's like a rubber stamp that this is God that is doing this. God that is doing this. He's an angel that appears. You know, a woman being, but he disappeared right before my eyes. And he has somebody to testify to his the driver, the driver of the shadow. People say, well, are you sure maybe this man is telling us lies? No, the driver was there to testify to his. Yeah, I saw the man. They went to the water together, and I was just sitting in the shadow waiting for them. And they came out of the water together, and this man just cleaned up his feet, and the uh, you know, Christian changed his dress. And then, while they thought they are coming back to jail, the man just disappeared. The eunuch said it, the driver said it. Two, two, two witnesses. So that will make the whole of Ethiopia people that had it and say, well, gee, I want to be part of this. And that was how the, the church was started in Ethiopia. Also. I'm saying that the Lord was showing sons and others to follow all the apostles, all the disciples. And he's still doing that up to today. And he's going to do greater works in the last final revival we are all waiting for. Verse 40. But Philip was found at Asotus and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Now that will be the end of chapter 8 and I will continue this exhortation in chapter 9. God bless you.